Good afternoon. This is Dr. Sheila Pope, and thanks for joining me for my syndicated show, Conversations with Dr. Pope. Be sure to tune in Monday through Sunday from 2 to 3.20 on the DFW Den Gospel Radio Station. Let's talk. Well, I'm so excited to be in the new studio today. Yes, I am recording in my own studio. Now, I have some things I'm still going to put on the walls, but I'm getting there. And you see the bike above me? Well, in this camera, you can't see the bike, but on this one, you can. I'll slice it. Um, I'm taking a journey, and I'm, all of my guests who are going to come into the, to the studio will be taking a journey with me. I am so proud to say I'm filming my first podcast and radio show in the home of Conversation with Dr. Paul. <laughs> it has been a long time coming. Uh, when I got here, I failed to bring my uh, light from home. So, okay, that was a mistake. I'll take care of that later. But, you know, you can hear the audio and then I'm going to upload for the first time. Uh, images of me on YouTube. Uh huh. Yes, on our home uh, channel, Conversation with Dr. Pope, Channel One. That's our YouTube channel. Uh, I, I may have, yeah, I think that's still the name of it. Like, Lord, I'm going lost here. And also, our Conversation with Dr. Pope TV show on Instagram. You can catch me on Anchor, Spotify. Uh, there's several other places where my podcast will, is there. My radio show, FWDEN Gospel Radio Show, is now on Live 365, and you can listen to me as well on the other app. Oh, tune in, okay? So I'm everywhere, and I don't know about you, but my first show, I'm talking about the kids being home already. Okay, I'm just going to start with that because I got so excited. I signed the new lease for my home, this home, the office. Uh, I signed on May, the, uh, well, I signed a little bit before May. And I got so excited because I said, okay, God, I'm finally able to have people come into the office. And by the way, we're all, also I can film now again in the studio because Houston Media Source is back open starting June the 2nd. But I am glad I can control and have when I do a live radio show now, uh, when I do my other things live on YouTube, I plan on going to Twitch. When I am on there live, you can see me and talk to me and I can control the elements a little bit better. I have a station, I can, a place where I can film what I want to. Like right now, this show will be shown, uh, you can hear it on my podcast at 2 to 3 every day. 2 to 3 every day on Live 365 on DFW, uh, DWN Gospel Radio Station, or you can listen to it on Anchor any t you know, after I post it there. But I love the fact that when I go live on YouTube, you know, that's live. So that's a whole different ballgame. So for my first show, I want to talk about the kids being home. I cannot believe... It seems like, and again, as a mother, I am so happy. I'm like, oh, I can start filming. I don't have to have the kids with me. I have my own little space. And guess what? They're here today in the studio. Yeah, they're here today. Yeah. Because I realized that although they're now in junior high, uh, two are 12, one is uh, 11, they're in junior high now, I'm like, okay, you should be able to start staying at home a little bit now, you know, independently. And they can for maybe two hours, two hours, but but not a whole day. Mm -mm, no, we've already had incidents, and I'm there. 
So I said, well, you'll come to work with me. You'll be here with my, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that part. <sighs> but not so much the kids. <laughs> Can I keep it real? Listen, I love them, but I could have swore school just really got started. It, they were out half of the year. And, of course, I'm glad they all made A.B. on a roll. Because I know I played a big role in that. Oh, yes, I did. I worked hard the first half of the semester. And uh, I'm glad that it showed. <laughs> a lot of parents don't want to own that. That we have done our part to make this happen. Okay? Yeah, every parent who stayed home and was hired as a teacher for your child, you played a role in those successes that they had at the end of the semester. My kid was like, I made A.B. on roll, Mom. I know you did. I know. I'm a certified teacher. Of all kids who should have passed, mine should have passed. And I made sure to get all of the diagnoses that they needed, too. Because, honey, ooh, they, you know, I knew they had some issues. So we went in. I went in this year and made sure I had everything from the doctor, from the pediatrician. Uh, making sure I did my part to stay online and make sure I fought for special ed services. I tried to cover everything this year. And I, I enjoyed watching my my, my uh, children learn. I, I actually did. I missed seeing them. But I had to make money too. And then when they you know got ready to go back to school f full time, people gave me a hard time online. I don't know about y'all, but people were like, you know, you sending your kids to die. I took my kids to Walmart every other day, seemed like, and nobody was, no kids were reportedly dying going to Walmart. We did have some deaths. And so I, I, I made them wear masks. I took precautions. But, you know, the nerve of people to tell you, oh, you know, you setting your kids up for death. I'm not knocking homeschool. Homeschool parents got together. Some of them were real smart. They hired certified teachers. They worked in pods. I respect that. But, as a single working mother who owns her own business, that didn't work for me. That was making me stay home. I couldn't get out. I, we, well, you know, with COVID, we were kind of shut down from doing appointments. But even the Zoom meetings, even the things that you think, you know, I can do if y'all just be quiet, was strenuous. Strenuous. So I was glad when they went back to school. I was excited. And I made sure that, you know, it even looked like somebody was getting a sniffle. Tylenol, where are you? We were going to the pediatrician. We were going to the 24-hour the, the one, you know, the one that, that's open after night. I was making sure we had no sniffles, no runny noses, no coughs, nothing. Because, you know, if your kid coughed two or three times, yeah, you were going to get the call from the nurse. Yes, they didn't miss a beat. Dr. Poe, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? You know, London's not feeling so well, so now she's coughing. London, get your bottle of water out, baby. Drink your water. Get it together. Get it together. That was my thought. Then I gave him that, that sound like, you know, if you have to call me back, you know, that means don't call me back unless something was really jumping off. You know, because I had to say that and, and listen, I'm saying this, but every child that my children told me that they thought had COVID was coughing a lot. That was, that was the indicator. The, when they started coughing a lot, all, all of the, the kids were hypersensitive, the teachers. But what I figured out, it was more the teachers who got sick. Once the teacher got sick, you need to keep them home. Mm -hmm. And the school district figured it out real quick. Teacher got sick, hey. Um, I, my children in a wonderful district, Paraland ISD, 
I, I can't say anything negative. I, I thought they handled everything very well. Up until they decided to add on some asynchronous days. Now, that meant that the kids were going to have days where they um, had to do testing and stuff like that. Or the teachers were doing their um, professional development. So they added those days. But they always were on a Friday, it seemed like. Which is when, I figured, when I'm kind of tired and I thought, well, that's when I'm going to get my rest. Like, what? And then they're looking at you on Thursday night. Mama, I don't have any more school. We out. We out tomorrow. Wait a minute. I think it's the the, the rotary rotary call where they call it. Give your heads up. They said, "Mom, it's the asynchronous day." Okay. So I didn't plan for a Friday having the kids. So I had to, you know, and they would always sneak up on me. Again, I gotta say the district posted it. They told us they sent a calendar home. I, I don't know why, but it just kind of went past me <laughs> until I would see them. On Thursday night, wanting to stay up all night. And I'm like, why are we up again? Oh, it's asynchronous learning, Mama. We off tomorrow. But wait a minute. Are y'all on the computer? Oh, yeah, we got work to do. We got, well, we got work to do, but we're going to log in. And we're going to do it wherever we go. Mama, we're going to bring our computers. Oh, okay. So then I'm hot-shotting the internet. You know, just just that extra. So I had to adjust to that. I, I can't complain the laptops, I just found out I put the wrong serial number on my child's computer, so I got to take care of that because I did pay for the insurance because I knew. Now, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to say it. I don't know if y'all know this, but in, in our district, I think the laptops, every time my children would put those headphones in there, they would just break off in the, in the prong. So I began to think those prongs were not quite right on the Chromebooks they were using. Now, that, again, that's me. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't say that that's what happened, but it just seemed like we lost headphones. Every lap, All three of my kids lost their headphones. Tragedy. Tragedy. So, uh, can you touch that? So, I just, I just thought that was uh, very interesting that, you know, I bought a lot of headphones. So, this time I got smart. I went to Sam's and got the wireless and the one that has the wireless and the cord headphone. So, when they were using something at home, they could pop the whole thing if they needed to. But I told them, just, just sync it with the wireless, with the Bluetooth. And, and that saved us. So I learned that a little bit too late towards the end of the school year, but I did learn. So I'm going in next year, everybody with the wireless. Okay, so we're going to have that problem nipped in the bud. So here I am in my new, my new office, my new studio. <sighs> and the kids are with me. But I'm happy because... I'm, I'm, I'm here. Oh my God, I'm here. I have planned for this and thought about this for a long time. What would I do when I got my own studio? Now, my office, it has a waiting room and my office, but this is the area I'm going to have for when I'm doing the podcast, the television show, all of those things. And by the way, if you hadn't been watching, I have made some changes to conversation with Dr. Pope on Amazon TV, Amazon Fire Stick TV, and Roku. Yes, if you have not checked out the station, please do. I am so excited to say I have uh, a, my new app. I, I redesigned it. It's now it was all, it's called Pope TV, but I think I had too much going on 
on the icon when you log in when you download my television show off of Amazon and am uh, Roku you have to download the app so it says Poke TV in bright red letters with a white background just like Netflix mm-hmm just like Netflix I figure y'all know that Netflix color you would know mine too so I, I put a new design for the logo and then when you go on to Amazon Fire Stick and you once you download, you will see my new photos of me in the background. I did a photo shoot. <laughs> my first one. Ashton Lindley, my, my photographer, she um, has her own photography business and I'm lucky. I've been knowing Ashton since she was, you know, in, uh, I won't say pre-K. Yes. Yes, she got an associate degree. She's going to school now for graphic design. She has her own photography business. So proud of her. And she did my photos. So I was able to have uh, new photos of me with my natural hair. Yes. And my dye. Because <laughs> for those of you who hadn't seen me in a long time, you always said, Dr. Poe, I thought you had all that great hair. I did. I did. You know, that, that commercial, I'm trying to get this little thing about my hair now. You know that song I'm going to, oh, I might be dating myself, but there was a commercial one time say, I'm going to wash that gray right out of my hair. Yeah. I didn't do it. My stylist Onika did it. Um, and so I got my hair dyed because I got tired of men asking me because they helped me cross the street and saying, yes ma'am, you know, like I was their aunt. And I love the fact that they gave me that kind of respect, but I'm looking for a husband. So I wanted the man to see me and think of me in a different way. You know, like marriage material. Mm-hmm. Not Auntie Sheila. Yeah, yeah. I like being called Dr. Poe by all people. But you know, I can always tell when a man is interested in me when he changed the name. I won't tell you what to call me because, you know, I don't want to give him any, all those fakers any hints. Okay? But when I, I was noticing that when people saw me, including women, they were like, Yes, ma'am. Let me hold the door for you. I said, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm giving the wrong image, y'all. I can't pass for a stripper. For some reason, I look like a teacher. Okay, I am a teacher. I've been one for so long, it just pours out of me. But sometimes I want to have a little sexy look, you know. Just saying. So, I'm excited about the new opportunities. When I saw myself, though, with the new pictures on the Amazon app, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I said, woo, let me take a picture. Woo, that's me. That's my television show on Amazon. And on Roku. So it looks new. And I'm excited because I have tons of shows that I have not uh, released yet. But I'm going to. And I'm starting to change my app, uh, Instagram app so you can see better videos. I, I realized I have no videos really of my shows on my feed for a Conversation with Dr. Pope TV on Instagram. I'm changing that. If you've been on Facebook, my Conversation with Dr. Pope Facebook page, you see the videos. I need that to be everywhere. So, that's what I'll be doing um, as soon as I finish the book. And we're going to talk about the book the next half of the show. Alright? Good afternoon. This is Dr. Sheila Pope. And thanks for joining me for my syndicated show, Conversations with Dr. Pope. Be sure to tune in Monday through Sunday from 2 to 3.20 on the DFW Den Gospel Radio Station. Let's talk. Alright, so for the second half of the show, if you can see it, you can see my new book, Rebounding from Homelessness. 
Yes. And I talk about, that's the title of the book. It talks about and the process of how, how to process how to forgive. You know, when I was uh, going through, matter of fact, it's been two years ago, uh, June, that I dealt with a situation that left me in a that left me uh, without my home. And in the book, I talk about that whole process, what happened, my ordeal. So, I'm not going to give y'all a story because, hey, then why would you buy the book? But the book will be out next month. And I'm excited about it because, it, you know, it talks about, you can, what I had to, what, I, what happened is I realized how important it is, how important it is to be able to, to move forward. And once this happened to me, and it's happened to a lot of people, not just me, millions of people go through where they lose their home. Mine came such, as such a shock and it came so suddenly. Oh, oh, you can decrease it now a little bit. Well, I guess we can leave that there and I have it here. We're, we're trying to do, I have my, my daughter Taylor, she's helping me. Yeah, well, if you're going to be here in the studio, you're going to get put to work. She needs to learn how to do what all of them do. So, one thing, oh, and I want to say right now, I have some noise, if you can hear it in the background. I'm in my studio, but apparently, and the building was supposed to be closed today, but guess what? My neighbors are going full blast over there. Full blast over there. I can't hear everything. They're just going crazy with the loud music, but that's okay. We're going to stay focused because I'm here today to talk about what's happening now. And this is how, how I got to be where I am, about, again, by being able to phase out and focus. So, one of the things that I needed to do, and I, I realized, is that the biggest thing I had to learn in the last two years was how to forgive myself. Through everything that happened. Although, you know, I take full responsibility because at the end of the day, I don't care what happened. Mortgage company, shysty, all of that. At the end of the day, you are still accountable. You're still responsible for what and how you handle things that come your direction. And in the book, I get a chance to talk about that. What I had to do to overcome that. A lot of people are like, Dr. Pope, you help people keep their houses. Yes, I have. And that's why it was so shocking that I had to deal with it. And one thing I've learned through listening to the, to the Word of God, I, and I'm not going to tell you that I made this through just by my intellect and my intelligence and my wittiness. No, this was one of those things it took me to two years, I'm telling you, to write this story because mentally I had to take this in. As, as strong as I like to say I am in my faith, this rocked me. This whole thing, it shook me to my core. But I'm lucky. When I uh, ended up having the battle with the mortgage company, and, you know, again, we'll talk about that. I talk about it in the book. When you buy it and you can read it, I talk about everything that happened in the book. But when I was going through, I had to find many reasons to keep going. And it was not easy. And when I say keep going, when you have children, you cannot be homeless. <laughs> okay? That there is no option. And I'm not a woman that uh, I can't say I, I, I stayed homeless for no year. I didn't. I am so blessed that in June, when things hit the fan, June 2019, I was not ready mentally, but I am a woman that you cannot hold me down. Once I sat down, screamed, 
had my moment, the reality set in, I started planning. I started talking to God. He gave me directions. And then I was able to rebound slowly. But I was able to move quickly. But move mentally? No. That took time. And that's what I talk about in the book. So for those of you like, oh my God, you know, some people said, don't, don't tell your story. And I've, I've realized something. Sometimes you have to share your story. So when somebody else is going through it and they're trying to figure out, hey, how did this happen? Dr. Pope, what did you do? All right. So when you are dealing with the fact that you have to move and, and everything under short notice, it is, it's so hard. But I'm so glad that I had, you know, my sister was like, oh, she knew a lot of things. Um, and again, I had to really talk to God about this whole process in the two years. Just to have the courage to talk about it. Because a lot of people feel like, oh, wait a minute. You have a Ph.D. and this and that and the other. And you were always working, yes. And was working and, uh, you know, as an adjunct and building my business. I was doing all of that. And still, this happened. And it can happen when you don't carefully take the time to understand when someone's telling you, oh, because after Hurricane, many of you understand when Hurricane um, Harvey hit, there were a lot of programs with your mortgage company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They all sounded sweet. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, after that, I, I ended up in a whole lot of trouble from my, my mortgage company. And again... I'll, I'll talk about that. In, I talk about it in the book, and I will talk about it after the book comes out more, and I'll share more. But, you know, I don't, I felt like at this point in my life, I'm not going to hide my testimony. I'm not going to hide what I've been through. I started to, and this is the irony of it all, that I was running for city council when I found out what was about to happen. I was like, what? No, no, Lord, please don't let me be humiliated and embarrassed and have this stuff out here. Uh, and God didn't, you know, it worked out, it all worked out, but two years later, you know, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk more and go into depth, well, I'm going to talk more into depth when it goes out, and hopefully you guys uh, purchase the book, it's going to be sold on Amazon, so you can buy it, I'm going to put a pre-order link up uh, on my website, and I have a new website, yes, uh, for Dr. Sheila Pope, if you Google it, you'll find me there, it's going to be there, uh, it's also going to be on my uh, the resourcecenter.co co. That is the name of my adult ed and career school. Uh huh. I've been busy again. See, when when, uh, when 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 devil comes in and stir your pot, you either gonna get on get on things. I had Harvey, and then we turned that around with COVID. I, I knew when when COVID, I wasn't gonna be in the same position I dealt with in Harvey. No. I, I handled myself totally different. I made decisions differently. And I'm very careful of what I signed my name to, what I agreed to. I, I asked more questions. Because you can lose your life, your livelihood, by not knowing what you are agreeing to. So, yeah. Anyway, this, this year, June the 26th, made two years when I had to leave my home a $220,000 home that I had custom built from the ground up my second custom built home and we had to move and make 
and start a whole new journey back to my bicycle. And I hope, you know, and one of the things that I thought about the most when I was in transition was my business and this television show. God, how can I do my TV show? How can I do the podcast? How can I do all these things from another area? Am I ready to leave Pearland? Am I ready to move? And, and you know what I had to say? God, I'm committed to whatever you say. I'll go wherever you say go. Oceans, oh my God. Hill songs, ocean was my song. <laughs> Even today, if I hear the, the, the song Oceans by Hillsong, It'll take me there. Because I had to tell God, and you know, I love Mike Todd. He says he's anchored. And you know, I'm anchored. I'm anchored to his word. I was anchored to his word. My love for God never changed throughout the whole ordeal. I questioned more. I asked more questions. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, because I knew I had did everything I thought I was supposed to do in that battle. And I wanted to know, where did I go wrong? If I could help someone else save their house, why didn't mine get saved? I did what I thought to do. What happened? Where did I go wrong? And that's the part that you, you have to let go of. And it takes a while to let go. So if you're in that situation and you are asking yourself, what do I need to do? How do I move forward? You know, get the book. But more importantly, I'm going to say go to God. Go to God and forgive. Forgive you first. Forgive you. Forgive the people or the things that happened that led to the events. Because everybody think, oh, you just go from zero to there. Homeless. No. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a stage progress. One, two, three. And I'm going to say that God said he will restore everything that I lost. I have had everything I, you know, I, I think uh, material goods replaced minus my home. The money that they, when they sold my home, I didn't get. I'm, that, that's another thing I'm still going to fight for. And um, other things, cars, all, all these things, he added back unto me. Some things, you know, you, you just, I, you have to wait for the whole manifestation. But for right now, all I'm supposed to do right now is put the book out. I, 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 this was so important to God that he gave me no rest from it. It bugged me. It, it it ate me up. It talked to me. There's not a show I don't listen to. There's not anything that don't come across my path with the book. The book. The book. So I knew I was supposed to do it. I just think shame and unforgiveness of myself kept me from talking about it. So now I put it out there and we're going to go from here. So I hope that you, uh, you know, will buy the book and you'll get to to learn more about what I went through. And if you are going through this, I hope that whatever I went through and what I share, I hope it blesses you. I hope it helps you see your way through. I hope it helps you forgive. I hope it lets you be able to be more transparent. Not with everybody, but who God allows you to talk to about your situation. I, I, I'm telling you, we have to continue to talk to God about our situation. I'm learning while I'm in my zone to go. Alright. So on, I want to talk about it being never too late. I, you know, a lot of women don't share their age, but I'm going to share mine. I am 52 years old. And one of the things that I realize is that it's not 
too late for any woman or any man who is thinking about starting a business. And one of the things that, you know, I've been watching a lot of business shows. I have attended uh, the self-made class. Y'all hear me talk about it all the time now. It's from Brit, Brit and Co. B-R-I-T plus uh, Co. And I learned so much from that program along with the um, Women's Certification Entrepreneurs Women's Entrepreneurship Certification Program at Cornell. Uh, great program. Both were rigorous. Both took a lot of time. One was, I think, 10 weeks and one was 8 weeks, I think. That was a lot of my time, but it was well worth it. And one of the things that I'm going to continue to encourage you, especially women, it is never too late for you to start your own business. And I was, you know, I like to read. And so one of the articles I was reading in today, and it was about Vera, Vera Wang. And some of you know who Vera Wang is. She is the lady who has created the wedding dresses for the celebrities. It costs thousands of dollars. You know, Michelle Obama has rocked one. The Kardashians. Uh, I'm going to say Kim. <laughs> um, beautiful gowns. Now she's in the jury and other things. But, you know, what people don't realize is that she started her business at 40. 40 years old, she started her business. And also, I'm going to talk about the fact that not only did she start it late, but she is the only owner. I know a lot of people right now are saying, you know, we need to do the crowd uh Venture funding, you know, everybody wants to mention how much money they gain from being a, from doing venture for venture capitalists. I think that's great if you're okay with you know you plan to sell your company down the road, you plan on it making a lot of money and turn it loose. I think that's great if you know going in you want to have other people have something to say about what you do. That's not my goal. It's not my goal. I want to do it like Vera. Vera owns her company 100%. By the way, it's a minority-owned business, too. Vera is Chinese. Yeah. Female minority. See, sometimes we forget this. That she started at 40 and said, you know what? I've been, in this, I, I've been doing this and I'm ready to step out. Now, she was scared to step out. But she, had, she did it. And I want to just read someone. She said, uh, if anyone has said, I'd be the girl who didn't get married until she was 40 and would build a business based on wedding gowns. I would have laughed, Wang tells CNBC, uh, Make It. That's the name of the, the television show on the platform she was on. And she said her biggest success came later in life. Now, she did grow up with privilege. She said that she grew up as a Chinese immigrant parent from immigrant parents on Manhattan's Upper East Side. So that didn't mean that she started off like me without any money. But it doesn't matter if you have the resources or not. If you want to do and start a business, you can. Okay? You can start your business. And she said she spent 17 years at Vogue magazine. And then she didn't get the editor-in-chief position. Someone else got it. For the lady now, that most people know Anna Wintour, who wears the bob, and she's always in the front row at the fashion show. Well, she got the job, but very, very, uh, Vera got the push to get out, 
And I think sometimes we need to talk about that. Sometimes, you know, we're holding on to jobs forever and we're thinking retirement. You know, I know I did. I said, oh, my God, is this the right time to start a business? I should be looking at retirement. And as a teacher, I wasn't going to make a whole lot of money in retirement. I wasn't. Everybody, oh, my God, you're not going to retire from being a teacher and struggle? Most teachers have four and five jobs after retirement. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little hyperbole. They have two, though. Most of them have two jobs. So I didn't see a future in just trying to bank on retiring from being an educator. I love being an educator. I'm still teaching in this business. But I realized something. You're, it's never too late for you to start. And once she realized, too, that she was not going to get the position, she had to look at her options. I learned something very valuable the way they handled the superintendent's position in HISD. Uh, Dr. Lathan, female, black female, had worked at HISD as the interim superintendent for three years, I think. She went through Harvey. She's gone through COVID with the district. She's been with them through some struggles. The schools, a lot of them were about to be closed down due to uh, IR, meaning improvement required, and she stayed on. Now, I don't know why I'm not a friend. I don't know her personally. But I'm a black woman who was in a superintendent program thinking about becoming a superintendent of someone else's school until I got my push and I realized, no, I can do my own school. But I wondered after the first time when they didn't elect her as the, uh, put her in place as the permanent superintendent, I wondered why she stayed. I questioned it. And then I thought, well, I can see she's trying to make them see she's the best person for the job. If she go through another storm, maybe they'll see her value. But then I realized, no. And when she decided to move forward and get another superintendent's position outside of HISD, then suddenly they found a black man that they put in the permanent position. And I said to myself, that's kind of a slap in the face that you had her for three years doing all the tough times and you didn't think enough of her to hire her permanently but you took this guy right off the path permanent you're you're the guy and he was african-american so this is not you can't make it about race maybe gender but you can't make it about race so that's not what i'm saying i'm saying the most qualified person should have gotten the job but if you've done a job for three years and then you don't get the job just like Vera, just like Vera, you have to look and say, sometimes it's a push for you to go somewhere else. And sometimes we say because we say, I'm getting older, I'm trying to get my retirement money. We, we have to look past that. If you are trying to do a business, I want to encourage you. Now, use wisdom, use wisdom, but think about Vera Wayne. Think about the superintendent. Uh, when she made up her mind to move on, she got her job, and I'm assuming that's a permanent position. Look how his door opened for him. When Anna Winter got her job, Vera said, I'm going to do something. And more important, she had someone who did invest in her company. Her dad gave her seed money. Seed money means people are investing in you. They're not looking to, um, they're looking to plant something in your life, but they're not looking to own your business. I'm not saying... You should. We should all try to get more money. I'm. I'm really one of my new contracts right now. I'm. I'm trying to help my client through different ways. Uh, 
to get secure grant money. And I'm excited about that project. And and I think seed money is great. Free money is great. Venture capital money, I'm always a little nervous about because when someone comes to take over your company, that means they can change the trajectory of your company. I watched another show called Big Rad Wolf. B-I-G-R-A-D Wolf. And it was uh, talking about the the uh, apparel company. Um, oh my goodness, the clothing company, apparel, and 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 I I was so shocked that this man was making seven hundred million dollars, and yes, he had some behavior issues that he needed to correct. But he was the man that started the business at 16 and got the company going and kept it going to generate $700 million a year. And they listened to someone who said, hey, this guy, yeah, he has some behavior that we need to check, but he don't need to be running the company. And they managed to get him out of his company. He made poor decisions, too. They got him out of his company, sold it for $88 million. Now, he's been able to start over but that's not the same as what he founded what he put in from 16 until I don't know how old he is now but he's much older now he's not 16 anymore I'm gonna say at least in his 50s uh, his name is Dove D-O-V and it just again I'm amazed at when we as entrepreneurs say I'm too old I don't want to start over. I don't want to change lanes. I want to stay where I'm comfortable. Sometimes you have to move. And it doesn't mean you're going to fail. It, it does mean that you have to take the risk. You have to discount your age. But don't discount the wisdom and experience you have at your age. You know, that plays into everything. So for her to say that, you know, her dad thought it was a business opportunity, she said, I thought maybe it's just too late for me. She said, but her father kept encouraging her. He even gave her seed money to open her flagship salon at the uh, Carlisle Hotel in New York in 1990. She said, there have been millions of days where I said to myself, what was I thinking or why did I do this? But there have been many more, uh, have been way more days where I felt extremely lucky to be doing something that I love so much and learning new lessons not only as a designer, but as an entrepreneur every day. And that is what I want to leave you guys thinking about today. As I sit in my studio and I'm trying to, you know, work two cameras today. I'm sitting here with my children in my office. I'm so happy that I'm here. Two years ago, I I was I didn't see this coming because it happened in June. But I'm you know, going from two years ago, two years ago, 2019, I didn't know what God was going to do with me when I was sitting and saying, God, I'm about to be homeless for the first time in my life. And I'd already started my business. And I wasn't turning back. I just was trying to figure out how do I proceed with the business. What do I need to do? How do I need to get out here and stay out here and never have to go back? to traditional, um, like full-time working as a teacher without working for myself. That was something I had to ask myself. And I was, again, 
I was uh, 50, 49. So that was a lot for me. And I'm grateful that I got the answer. I'm back. I, I, I've been resilient. It's my fourth year doing, uh, being an entrepreneur. I never felt like my age has hindered me. But I think if I hadn't taken the risk, if I hadn't took the push from the day I had to decide if I was going to stay in HISD or go to another school district full time, I left. I made the right choice. Some of you may be in a full time position making a lot of money and you're thinking, I'm, I'm not ready to leave. But something inside of you keeps calling you, keeps like telling you you can do it. I just want to encourage you today to do it, to go for it. Um, it's never too late, and you you can you can reinvent yourself. You can create your brand. You can do all those things, and I think you do it better when you're a little more seasoned. I think you you know more, so you do take risks, but you cap strategic risk risk. You think about things a little bit more. Uh, but I again, I just wanted to encourage you guys today. And I just want to thank you guys for your support and for watching and listening. Listen to the radio show at live on Live 365 on DFW, uh, DEN Gospel Radio Station. Watching me on my YouTube channel, Conversation with Dr. Pope TV, Channel 1. Also um, watching me on my Instagram, Conversation with Dr. Pope TV, my Facebook. And again, I'm, I'm here, I'm out here. If you want to come on the show, now we have a telephone number. You can actually call me at the station, at the office. It is 832-582-5868. Yes, that's the number to the office. You can call. And I'm, I'm doing live shows now. I can receive a phone call while I'm here and not on my cell phone, but on the actual telephone. So I'm looking up, looking forward to all the new things that I'm doing. And how God is showing me how to take my stuff to its next level. Alright, y'all have a great day. Thank you. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Sheila Pope. And thanks for joining me for my syndicated show, Conversations with Dr. Pope. Be sure to tune in Monday through Sunday from 2 to 3.20 on the DFW Den Gospel Radio Station. Let's talk. Alright, the last thing I want to talk about on the last segment of the show is being pushed past your comfort zone. You know, I realized um, when I started working in the new location, the new office, uh, one of the things I knew I needed to do was when I decided I was going to have the um, building be a, the my business, the resource center be an adult education um, and workforce development uh, school, I needed to push past my comfort zone. Uh, I was all excited. You know, I was ready to, you know, pass out flyers, do all the marketing. And then I had to stop and do a, a abrupt pivot. I had to change. One of the things I realized I had not done, I had not prepared the curriculum for my school. It's one thing to say you are going to teach something that you're very familiar with. But then you realize, no, you have to write down the vision, even the vision for your courses, things that you're going to do. You can't do things the old way you used to do them, especially at this level, because I need to make sure that this time 
when I'm doing things for my business, that I'm doing it at a level where I can really make money. Um, before, everything I did was based on basically me as an entity. So I'm selling my brand. you getting my consultations and my um, abilities to do what I do. But what I needed was products. See, brand is one thing. Products is another. And so I realized that I had been teaching mm, for like nine months. I had been teaching classes to uh, students nine to 18. And with those classes, I had to sit down and think about and think about what exactly I wanted to do and what I wanted to offer. And not just saying that I had to sit down and rewrite out my classes, provide more new content, and market them. So I was praying about ideas and some of the things, because I like to do STEM. Um, I have a nonprofit called Dr. Pope STEM and Liberal Arts Academy. And in that, I do STEM classes, of course, and liberal arts stuff too. So that's English, my other love. But one of my dreams was to just do STEM projects. And so editing videos, filming videos, all that's still technical. But I also like teaching um, different other things. So now I'm from the venture off into coding, um, lightweight, nothing complicated. Because when I first started in college, that was my major computer programming. Yes, until I ran into some programming languages that will be on me. <laughs> and so I changed. Um, but one of the things I realized um, this time around when providing my courses, I had to really look at what I wanted to offer. And so what I wasn't prepared for, I was, you know, I slowed down, started designing my classes, putting them out there. So the other day I taught my class on how to make a, it's called Let's Make a Mini Documentary. And I'm using iMovie and I'm excited because I'm using um, my Mac Pro, my MacBook, uh, MacBook Air, excuse me. I'm using that. Um, I have an iPad, but I'm not using it to teach my courses. So the other day, one of my students, um, young young man, he said, Dr. Pope, uh, I'm going to use my iPad. And I said, your iPad? He said, yeah, I'm using iPad. It has iMovie on it as well. Well, I was using the software iMovie to show them how to make a documentary, how to add um, the titles, not just like the title of the show, the documentary, but add like the names and different things they want to put on there. I was showing them how to work the timeline, how to add audio, um, your angles. We did storyboarding. It was a it's a whole laid out thing, and it's a two day class. Um, and I was excited. And then when he said, "Cause what I often do, I let them show me on their screen what they're doing. The classes are interactive, and so you're not just sitting there. You're working with the student. You're working with your client to help them process how are they going to shoot their documentary." And then you're there rendering the documentary the next day. So he says, I'm not using a desktop. I'm going to use my iPad. And I said, hmm. So he asked me, he said, how do you, I'm stuck. How do you add the title here? 
Now, I knew how to add the use iMovie on my uh, desktop or my laptop. I had never used it on my iPad. So immediately, I thank God I had my iPad with me because, you know, you always need to have all your gadgets when you teach. So I got out my iPad. Um, I was already using my laptop and my studio. So I just had to hold the laptop, the iPad up to the screen and then show him what I was doing. But I had to be honest with him and say, wait a minute, I've never done this. One thing I've learned is don't lie to the client, especially students. Kids can tell when you're sweating bullets. They know. As an adult, we think they don't know, but they know. Anyway, I started um, making adjustments, and I told him, I said, you know what? You're pushing me past my comfort zone, meaning I knew how to use the iMovie, um, and I don't, I don't use every tool in iMovie. I, I teach what I'm, what I know, and what I use, and what they need to use for a two day class, and you know, two hours a piece. So I teach them what they need to know to get the project done. Well, I had to go back over there and start looking at everything, adding titles, um, realizing that it was done differently on an iPad, but it was such a great push for me because i realized you know i may come in here and and i have my plan but you never know what your students are going to bring to the table what your clients are going to bring to the table so i was like oh okay this is different so another one of my parents who wanted to sign her her child up she said hey um we don't have iMovie and i said oh okay but thank God I had worked on the iPad. So I said, if you don't have a desktop, it's okay. We can use the iPad. And the parents said, no, I don't have an iPad either. I have Windows, uh, a PC. I said, oh. And I had been toying with using Adobe Rush. That's a, another software. And um, Adobe has made this like kind of like iMovie now, where you can do everything in one app. So... I said, okay, I'm going to have to what? Be pushed past my comfort zone again. I'm now using a different software to make a documentary. And today we did the storyboarding. And so while I'm recording uh, the show, I'm, I've downloaded Adobe Rush on my Mac at home. Uh, for some reason, I have too much stuff on my Mac, uh, my MacBook my macbook air so i'm gonna have to probably do the class from here but i was making adjustments for that i said you know again thank god i don't have to always do stuff at the studio i can do things right here at home where where i was during the pandemic however i did have to be i had to push myself to now use a different software one thing i do know um all of the the format is the same meaning you put titles you edit, you, you know, you um, split your clips. You know, I teach all of that. All those techniques are the same. Now you may use different, uh, I think Adobe has better, um, fancier transitions and titles and graphics because they have Premiere. I mean, Adobe is one of the top um, software, you know, branding so that you can have access to. And I think almost everybody now who is using Adobe is using Creative Cloud. 
Um, and you get access to all of the apps. Most of you probably already use Adobe Acrobat, um, Adobe Sign, if you've been doing your documents. Most of us have been doing contracts and stuff now via um, email, so you, you're familiar with those. But in the editing arena, Adobe Premiere, Premiere has been known for, I don't know, decades and used in movies and everything else. But uh, Adobe Pro, for me, takes quite a lot of work to master. And I like things I can get on and just go. Not a lot of time, not a lot of years <laughs> trying to master. I like to be able to get on and do what I normally do pretty naturally. So I I'm, I realized and I said, you know, I want to talk about that on the last segment. I feel like sometimes even in, in business, we say, oh, we want to make we want to make money. We, we want to do all that we can to advance our sales. But sometimes we want to do it in the same way that we've been doing. We don't we don't want to, uh, you know, change up our strategies. We don't want to move to the next level. And and, and this goes to my next thing that happened. Um, I had been talking to. uh the founder of the Brazoria County Hispanic Business Cha- the the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And I, you know, we've been talking and I was like, okay, I think she had asked me about a couple of things I wanted to do and, and how I felt about it. And I was like, you know, I would love to partner with her, not not be a member a partner in in the sense of um going into business with her in her in the chamber. But I wanted to, as a member, I'm already a member of the chamber of the Missouri County Hispanic Chamber. I wanted to to go and do something else and and go to the next level. And so she asked me about uh, leading her business development committee, and I got excited about it because I said, "Ooh, I I have been working with um, the Hispanic population, uh, woof, over seven years in a program." I love the culture, the community, um, and then I definitely, uh, again, am pro-business and I'm pro-female business, and I realize in the Latino culture, it's a different world um, from, from African-American community as far as the, the hierarchy goes in the family. But I realized, I said, I'm already creating programs, I think, to help in my adult education program to help uh Latinos. And so when she talked to me about this position, I had, I was excited, but then fear came upon me. With anything you're getting ready to get out your comfort zone, fear comes. Not that I can't do the job. I'm the woman for the job, but you realize that now you have to change up what you were doing or what you saw yourself doing to to get in line with where God is moving you. And I'm, I, I, again, I've worked with the community for seven years and I have been saying I needed to do more in the chamber. I'm a member of the Pearland chamber. And I said, you know, no one's really asked me to do anything there. And I hadn't really thought to volunteer to do much, but when someone asks you, when someone comes to you with an offer and a challenge, because this is a volunteer, um, 
thing now. I'm not getting paid. It makes you have to think about your time and your goals and the other person's vision because she is the founder of the, the her, her chamber. I am now listening and looking to make her vision come to pass for the chamber and also tying in my needs as a businesswoman and hoping I and, and my goals and my mission to help other business women and men, you know, obtain contracts. So I had to again be pushed out of my comfort zone um and challenged. And I'm excited about the challenge, but I'm not gonna lie to you, I got very nervous. I think when we had the lunch and when we had the lunch and I was sitting there going, I have a lot of great ideas, but I have to see how I mesh with her. I want to make sure I align and stay in in tune with her vision. Now, again, I'm still doing my business, so that that doesn't change. But it's just another opportunity to work with another fabulous group of people. And when you meet people who are, I say she's more advanced than I am, Ms. Davis, I, you know, it, it makes me again, I'm like, oh, I, I, I can learn from her. I can glean uh, from her wisdom. And, you know, again, just like with the students, they were helping me, again, glean from their knowledge. It was, you know, these are young students, but it's so great to see them uh, with technology saying, okay, I'm not using my desktop. I'm going to use my iPad. And then instead of, you know, sharing the screen with the Zoom, they held it up to the camera. I did the same thing. We worked around the barriers. And again, I had to sit there and go, okay, yeah, I'm ready for the challenge. And thank God with technology, you know, I'm kind of like a fish in, I'm, I'm I'm a fish in water in that area. But I realized I had not thought, even in all of my planning for the class, I did not think about the student who may not be able to use or don't feel comfortable using their desktop and using the software at the same time, using iMovie at the same time, the app. I didn't think about that. I just assumed everybody was going to keep the Zoom on and we was going to use the um, there are maps and, and that was just my assumption. I didn't go into it going, wait a minute, what about the person here doesn't do this or the person that doesn't do that? And so it, it made me think a little bit more about how I plan. It made me realize I needed to, to, to look at it a little bit bigger, right? To, to see that students who, now I knew there would be students who didn't have iMovie. I knew that. But I did not think about creating a good class for Adobe because in my mind, I was thinking, I don't want to deal with Adobe Premiere. And then I did not realize until I started looking at some of the emails from Adobe Educator, I started realizing that they had created Adobe Rush. And it was all in one. I went, oh, this is user friendly. I can do this one. So I'm so glad I got pushed out of my comfort zone. And I want to encourage everybody for the last segment of the show. You know, what are you taking in? Are you listening to other people who are doing what you want to do? And the reason I ask that is because when you listen to other entrepreneurs, you hear them say some of the same things. Uh, I've been listening to Jesse. 
I want to say Eisler. I, I hope I'm saying it right. He's married to Sarah Blakely, who does the um, Spanx. Well, I, I had I saw him in videos, but I didn't know exactly why she married him. <laughs> and instead, I, well, not instead, but I saw him talk. Uh, Fifty Cent talked about him, and I said, "Wait a minute." Well, I need to get to know this guy as well because, you know, they're a power couple. But when you watch on Instagram, you kind of see him, you know, as a dad, but you really don't know what he does for a living. And then I went on his social media and I got a chance to hear his stories. And one of the things he talked about was creating a business and not knowing, not having a great uh, lot of experience in the business, a lot of knowledge in the business. He went in and he, he did rappers. And I was like, okay, a Caucasian guy is a rapper. Mm-hmm. But he did. He, he did rap. Then he moved from rap to uh, Jets. Um, I think it was called a Marquee Club. And he, then he ended up selling that, that company to Warren Buffett. Then he did a, a coconut water. He sold it to Coca-Cola. But in each one of these things, he said, I did not have a lot of experience. And he said, I did not do the business the way everybody else was doing it. He went past the normal route. And this is what I realized my students provided for me the other day. They said, you have a plan and it's a simple plan. Use our movie, use our movie on the uh, at MacBook or the desktop. And that's that. You, you, was, you didn't think about the iPad because that wasn't comfortable for you. Um, you didn't think about using Adobe Rush because you knew that, well, Adobe Premiere, because you knew that might be too challenging to teach. I don't I don't teach in an area I'm not familiar with the, the tools, right? I mean, I, I, I created a class so I could do something I'm comfortable with but enjoy. And so I realized then, I said, mm, yeah, being pushed, being pushed, being pushed. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you don't know Jesse, get a chance to listen to some of his uh, talks and you will hear him talk about just ripping up the the guide of doing things the old way, um, being okay, being comfortable with being pushed and, and pushing yourself beyond your normal. Um, and I think that's where I am right now. I'm developing curriculum. I'm doing things that I normally would have just rushed and said, oh, I can teach this. And just, but, but I heard clearly, when people come to your building, when people come for the class, you need to be prepared. You need to think about everything, all the angles, at least to the best of your ability. And you need to have a clear plan, not just flowing by the seat of your pants. That's not how you can, you're going to do business at that next level. You need to be calculated and strategic. And so I just want to encourage everybody to push past your comfort zone, listen to some great ones, people who are going and doing things that you want to accomplish, and and be okay with being uncomfortable. Be okay with being uncomfortable. Conversation with Dr. Pope is produced and hosted and written by Dr. Sheila Pope.